booking a bed. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Book and a Bev. We are your hosts, Bryony, Ellie and Georgia. And this week we are back with part two of Tower of Dawn, also known in my book as Tower of Yawn. <laughs> <gasps> Funny play on words. Well, to be fair, to give a bit of context for our listeners, we're going to talk about what we're drinking at the moment. And this book is so boring that Georgia can't find an appropriate name for her blood red drink. It's not necessarily blood red. It's kind it's of like pink. a pinkish tinge. So I was saying something about the unborn child of Duva, <laughs> the duvet. Um, however, <laughs> I think... That might be a little bit too far. So we're going to say it is, mm, come back to me. Come okay. back to me. <laughs> okay, we'll circle but it's back. But it's just mixed berry cruiser for those who are wondering. In a nice, crazy glass. <laughs> well, what again, got? I was wanting to try and drink some sort of alcoholic coffee, but every time we record, it's really warm now. In between episodes, it's torrential rain and flooding, <laughs> but we record and it's a <laughs> So for the time being, I'm drinking Jack and Coke as per normal. And I'm going to say it's for the Valg inside of Duva. We're going to go with a duvet theme. Fair enough. Look, mine isn't quite so relevant to today's book. I'm, as you guys are aware, I'm not really drinking at the moment on my health kick. That ended today because I finished Kingdom of Ash. <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm drinking red wine, which is an appropriate drink for how I feel at the moment, which is dead and empty inside. <laughs> You're Tumaloon. Uh, I am Tumaloon. Tumaloon. <laughs> okay, well, I think I've come up with, um, oh. yeah, so this is this is going to be, it's the unborn child of Duba inside my cup. <laughs> Wowzers, okay. I'm drinking well. it, spirit. <laughs> drink it up. <laughs> This is so unfortunate. Okay. Well, shall we begin? Where yes. did we leave off? Can anyone remember where we were? There was screaming. Nesrin they... was going with Sartak to see the Rukin and was like, fuck you, Kale, we don't keep promises. <laughs> That's right. How could I forget? Well, we'll start off back then with Irene and Kale. And they've gone off to the library today just for some light reading. And Kale is like, wow, wow. He's Owen Wilson. <laughs> He's Owen Wilson. We're in the library. Kale's like, wow, this place is fucking huge. And Irene's like, yeah, it's because we're all very smart here. You wouldn't know that feeling, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Kale learns that the library is 1,500 years old, which is a lot, lot older than he is. Not as much <laughs> as... <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's not a lot older than him. <laughs> no, it's, it's 21 years, years on it. Hey, it's fucking old and it's fucking big. That's what we've established. He tells Irene about the old king and how he was invaded by a vag demon and how his last attempt at a gift was to destroy all magic and their wielders so that the Valg could not use them against them. So the king was like, yes, I'm going to possess this last shred of my humanity and wield it against this demon prince inside my brain, and I will use that by killing everyone else. <laughs> Which is like, I'm, you could have banished them. There were other I options. I won't fail at saving the world if there's no people left to stop me. <laughs> the only person I need to yeah. save is my little child. We'll Baby Dorian. Baby Dolhez. <laughs> <laughs> We, I'm not, I'm not even charging that. I'm just going to ignore that. I'm just picturing 
<laughs> and Barbie with its head like shaved. <laughs> She's got the she went, Britney circa 2007. Things got weird after the collar came off. That could be Dorian's nickname, Dollheads. We won't give anyone any context to it. We'll cut all this down <laughs> in the next week. Dollheads. Dollheads. Anyway, anyway, fuck it up. We then go to Nestron's point of view, which is where I actually want to be for this entire book. They are setting up camp after flying for hours, and Nestron asks Sartak if the stories about him bother him. And he's like, no, I'm actually quite comfortable in my masculinity. But then Sartak asks her if the stories about her bother her. And she's like, what are you talking about? There's no stories about me. I'm just an immigrant woman in a white colonizer country. And Sartak is like, what about the impossible arrow that saved the shapeshifter's life? And it's like, oh, he's noted her backstory. He then says that the story is called her Neath's Arrow, the goddess of archery and the hunt. And Nestor's like, well, that is actually quite nice. I quite like that. Might make that my Instagram <laughs> handle. So then we're back with Irene and Kale, and they're eating dinner at the Torre. And the I cook, thought you were going to say sh- they were eating each other. Right? They, that's it's a good snack. Irene is eating out Kale. <laughs> I'll remind you of home. <laughs> Can people just not lick each other's assholes? Like that's yeah. Look. I support people's choices, but arse eating is an interesting choice to make. (laughs) It feels unhygienic. The cook ends up filling their bellies until they physically cannot eat anymore, which just sounds like me every night, but I am Mm. also the cook. And Kale ends up staying the night at the Torre because it's late and he's low-key a pussy, but we already knew this. Also, (laughs) he'd likely get kidnapped on his way home, so it's like everyone agrees. It's safer for you just to stay put tonight, sir. Irene shows him to a room and she's sort of like lingering. It's a bit awkward, but it's also a little bit cute. And he's just like, all right, off you go. Thanks for that. See you the fuck later. And she's like, all right, get the fuck out. I need to get dressed. (laughs) It's inappropriate. So then the next morning, he goes back to the castle alone because Irene has a meeting with Hafiza. And when he gets back, he goes to dismount from his horse, but hears Shen running over, which is one of the guards. If we had not made that clear last week, he is one of the guards. Yeah. But his his name is actually Shen and he is just a walking Shen. (laughs) (laughs) It's triggering Kale. (laughs) I just, I know. Oh. Okay, so Shen, right, Shen's running. Shin. So he's putting a glove on one at a time and Kale realises that one of his arms is metal and then Kale's like, oh my God, other disabled people exist in the world. I'm not the wow. only person I mean, ever. it's not just Shook. about me and my journey. So Shen explains that he lost his arm in battle and it took him a long while to get back to this place of feeling capable again. And Kale's like, mm, this is a bit odd. But also, this is this is good. This is good. I'm glad that I can see you able to do your normal life with your disability. This is great for me. And it's like, Kale, people have been telling you this the entire time. But in your own time, in your own time, we're here for your journey. When Kale arrives back to his room, he sees the note that Nestorin had left being like, I'm yeeting with Sartak to go ride that dick into the sunset, literally. And <laughs> Kale decides that he still holds himself to those promises, even though Nezrin does not. And it's like, mate, for once in your goddamn life, pick up on the vibes. For which is that life, your listen dick to a woman. is not... Yeah, for once in your life, listen to the women. <laughs> listen! When Irene gets to Kale's rooms, she's practically, like, skipping. She's like, oh, my God, look at us. But Kale is being a fuckface. A mm. huge fuckface, in fact. And we're literally, like... Like you could probably pick up, we're all back to hating him and his stupid fucking attitude. Irene is over it too and she's like, well, I really enjoyed yesterday, but I suppose I will just go 
fuck myself. She leaves she... And... to his knees <laughs> and does it to his knees. <laughs> <laughs> legs they're all floppy she picks them up she bends his knees and she just does it with his feet <laughs> and she slowly backs away with the fingers and she, takes, she takes off his one of his shoes and one of his socks and just walks away <laughs> why is she stealing his footwear now that's to be like you can't fucking chase me <laughs> oh my god okay irene leaves and bumps into hussar who basically tells her that nestrin left and Irene tells Hussar that she has to go back to do something with Kale, but she knows going back to Kale is a bad idea because she's like, well, now I know why you're in a fucked up mood. But anyway, so she does the next thing that she knows how to do and goes out into the streets to help the poor peasants. <laughs> to help the poor people. Goes out into the poor streets to help the peasants <laughs> and starts healing people. I'm so sorry. I just can't stop laughing. <laughs> She was like, I can't go back to Kale. I can't go back to Kale. She's just, she's just, just like, oh, she's, she's humiliated. She's she's all she's all she grabs a sock. She's like, I'm going to keep this. And then when she meets a back sock, she's like, I've got a sock for you. <laughs> he sniffs it and he's like, smells like coward to me. <laughs> <laughs> smells like no legs. No. <laughs> okay. So Irene heals a bunch of those poor peasants and then is so, and then it's so antsy and pissed off that she just walks back to the castle at night. Like, this bitch doesn't know that she's getting fucking stalked. Look, she's very similar it's... to Kale in that regard. Yeah, that's why they're well suited, both fucking mm. idiots at times. So, it's like 11pm, she walks towards Kale's rooms, and then she hears something following her. And this is where Georgia tunes the fuck out, because if I'm in a dark room, right, I can't see anything, it's pitch black, and I hear running nope. at me, yeah, mm -mm. that's not good. I am checking the fuck out. You better believe that I don't give a fuck. I am on that floor, curled up in a ball, crying like a fucking baby. <laughs> that's your defense mechanism. It's not to run away. It's to like, I'll just stop right here. But where the fuck are you going to run? Especially when it's pitch black in the dark. You don't know which way those steps are coming from because there's just, you know, obese. But she starts to run. She does what Georgia does not do. She runs. She hears her mother's voice telling her to run faster, faster, faster. And then she gets to Kale's rooms and she like bursts in the door. And like Kale is like, whoa, what the actual fuck? You stole my fucking shoe and <laughs> sock and now you're just running in here at all times of the night. And she's like, lock the fucking doors. And then just like, he's like, I can't, I have no legs. <laughs> I have no legs. And you took my fucking shoe, bitch. <laughs> but yes, so end up being able to lock the doors. And then they hear like this little, this sound. And it's like a slithery little snake. It's like, I mean, I mean. <laughs> yikes. Cow like grabs Irene's face in the moment. He's like, we'll get through this together. It's super cute, whatever. Especially after she stole his sock and shoe. So. But everything is like dead silent now as well. And there's no one out there when the guards come to check. So super iffy vibes. Then Kishin. Kashin. 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 That's right. Kashin is summoned. And you can just imagine that he's like, mm, what the fuck has actually happened in my beautiful goddamned palace? Okay. He's worried. He's worried about Irene because that's his pussy. She explains briefly what happened and he orders more guards to be placed around Kale's rooms and he offers her an escort to the Torre. But she says that she feels safer with legless 
Kale Just said no one ever. While they were hiding from that voice, like Kale was like, we need to barricade the doors. And Irene was like, all right, I'm going to move fucking furniture. This tiny woman's like pushing all this shit around. And you know, it's antiques. Like, you know, mm. in rich people mm. houses, it's antique furniture. It's heavy. It's, it's, it's heavy. 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 And Kale's like, wow, she's so strong. Home is not a place. It's a feeling. That's right. Although Aylin did once say that it was her place. And now Irene is like, he, it's fine. He's got a big home, it would appear to be. <laughs> oh, my God, Ellie, you're on a His tangent. dick is just fucking huge. Whoa, He's actually got again. a third leg. <laughs> this is a giant dick. <laughs> and that's how he's been walking this entire time, just hopping. <laughs> just hopping on his penis. <laughs> It's actually right in the middle. Yeah, that that tracks. Okay, Irene stays with Kale and she's staying in his bed and he stays on watch because, again, he can do much if the demon comes back other than yell and flap his penis around. (laughs) They briefly talk about Nezrin leaving and he tells her that he promised Nezrin, Nez of the Rim, an adventure. So she deserves one. And it's like, yes, Kale, she does deserve one. She is Nez of the Rim. She has stories about her being some form of goddess. We enjoy it. And we what do. the fuck do you have, Kale? Two not working fucking legs and one pogo Look, stick. We we sound very ableist right now. I, mm, I appreciate that too. and I I recognise that this is purely satirical, all pointed on Kale. Just we, to clarify. I like recognise I'm actually at the point where I've forgiven Kale. Ellie's not there yet. No. I'm just on for the ride. <laughs> I like Kale. I think he redeemed himself in the end, but I also think that he's still a fucking idiot. Like, he, he's yeah. a fucking idiot. Okay. Well, we're not there yet, but we will get there if we can continue without going into any more tangents no, about shoe stealing. So Irene asks what Kale deserves, and he says nothing. Ellie agrees. Irene disagrees, and then I'm she falls Irene. asleep. Mm. She's like, I don't agree to that night. <laughs> no further discussion. Peace out. Then the next morning he wakes up early and goes to train with the palace guards because he's now overcoming that trauma of what happened to his palace guards after yeah. seeing Shen's Ren, robot Ren arm. Yeah, super Rest sad. in peace. Them. Then we dive into part two of Tower of Dawn, which is called Mountains and Seas. And we start at chapter 29, and Nesrin and Sartak are facing a bad storm while they're camped out. Nesrin is freezing, and she thinks about Aelin and her powers. The queen would show up when and where she wished, at precisely the moment she intended. Nesrin supposed that was why she liked the queen. They were planned so long in the making that for someone who let the world deem her unchecked and brash, Aelin showed a great deal of restraint in keeping it all hidden. That is a very good point. We get another quote. And as that storm raged around Nesrin and Sartak, she wondered if Aelin Galathinius might yet have some card up her sleeve that even her court might not know about. She prayed Aelin did. For all their sakes. Big yikes. Nestor and Sartak fly the next day and they discuss the Dargan and the Rukin being one and the same at one point. They also discuss how Ardalyn wasn't welcoming to Nestron, like obviously as an immigrant coming from another land and being a woman. She ends up calling Sartak your highness and he begs her not to call him that in front of the Rukin because they teased him about it for years, like about being a prince. And when he's there, he's their captain. He's, in fact, the captain now. He could be my captain. He could. (laughs) They arrive at Sartak's clan's homeland. That's a mouthful. And we meet Vorte. It's spelt with a B, but it's not pronounced as a B. It's pronounced with a V. In the audiobook, it's a V? It's not Borty? It's not Borty. I've just been thinking Borty the whole time. 
Vorte. Like a bort. Like a bort. I always called her Bort. No, bort. her name is Vorte. Vorte. Okay, that does sound better than Borty. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice. I quite Vorte, enjoy it. Vorte, the sporty spice. <laughs> Vorte is Sartak's hearth sister. And On she's also... Hearth, not half? Everything is ruining... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just out here to crush your dreams. So, Sartak's hearth sister and the granddaughter and heir of his hearth mother, Horlon. Horlon. Actually, I can't remember this one. Horlon. We get taken into their little cave area thing and then we meet Falcon Anair. He's an apparent merchant who has been a guest here, who is also seemingly from Ardalan. Hmm, he gives weird vibes. Iffy vibes. Vorte seems to agree. She takes Nez of the Rim away while he and Sartak have a little chatty chat and shows her to her rooms. And, get this, she welcomes Nezrin home. It's beautiful. So, yeah. that afternoon, Nez of the Rim and Sartak are eating each other out. I wish. We wish, we wish that was how it Damn. went. I, I want really excited for a second. I want explicit smart <laughs> between so many of the characters in this series. Like, I need it. Okay, so they're not eating each other out. They're, in fact, just eating food. And he tells her that his hearth mother is not here because she's gone. She's gone on some, like, adventure. She's dead. For two days. <laughs> she's, she's dead. She's she eaten herself. Dead. Yeah, moving on. So they have to wait for her. In the meantime, he will give her a tour and they will do some archery play. How fun. Awesome. awesome. Kind of kink archery play. Archery play. Like, shoot Stand arrows there. at you, but instead of arrows, it's actually just ejaculate at a high velocity. <laughs> so, no, I had pictured him <laughs> standing... <laughs> With an apple just on his butt crack, and she's like, mm, sit still. The arrow actually has a dildo on the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fun and games. So he it. apparently has told people that he may be bringing her. I love it. So everyone is so super duper excited to meet her. I'm happy for her. I'm happy she's happy. Satak and Nesra and I are up early the next morning and they go to get his Rook feed and he tells her about the way in which Rookin are trained from the age of four to ride their Rooks. They get onto the topic of Erewhon and how they think it's possible that he doesn't want to conquer but rather destroy as a whole. They then go to the training area and Nesra is asked to shoot some dildos and she <laughs> does so with alarming accuracy and all their arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> she's like i know you're all so excited to see me bend down and take your pants off no no she shoots some arrows and she does so with alarming accuracy it's great and Vorte's like bitch show me how you did that show me how you just did that magical magical experience show me right now please and so she does. Nesrin teaches Ameni how she weighs and takes into account all the other possibilities that can, you know, happen when you are shooting an arrow. Then Sartak's hearth mother arrives back and they go to visit her. But on their way, we get this little fucking tidbit and are you fucking ready? It's beautiful. And I'm relieved to see that the reality lives up to the legend. Nesrin chuckled, grateful to be back on safer ground. You had any doubts? They reached the landing that would take them to the Great Hall. So Tak let her fall and step beside him. The reports left out some key information. It made me doubt their accuracy. It was the sly gleam in his eye that made Nesrin angle her head. What exactly did they fail to mention? They reached the Great Hall, empty save for a cloaked figure just barely visible on the other side of the fire pit and someone sitting beside her. But Sartak turned to her, examining her from head to toe and back again. There was little that he missed. 
They didn't mention that you're beautiful. Nezrin opened <gasps> and closed her mouth in what she was sure was an unflattering impression of a fish on dry land. And then he fucking winks and walks away. I love him oh so dad. much. Stop it. I'm obsessed. So Nezrin meets Edge. Sartak's half-mother. And I'm going to say half, and I'm sorry, but it's happening. When you've reread a series over, like, in double digits for years, it's re- it, it's going to take so long to unprogram this. Edge looks Nestron over and then asks them both to sit. The merchant is also present here, like, for some reason. We soon find out why. Because turns out, old mate Edge has been hunting the fuck-off spiders as large as a horse or the Karen Kui. Karen Kui. Because they have been stealing roots, <laughs> hatchlings and eggs. And we learned that this particular merchant is the merchant who gave Aelin the like six by six square of spider silk in Assassin's Blade that she put in Sam's suit. And the merchant is basically trying to figure out a way to get his youth back because, you know, as we remember, in exchange for the spider silk, he gave them like a whole chunk of his good life. So he's come to the southern continent to find out if he can kill spiders or how to do it. Edge is like, Sartak, you need to find the spiders when they next take hatchlings and the merchant will go with you. And Sartak is like, okay, sure, seems like good vibes. But when the merchant leaves, Edge looks to Nestor and is like, it is starting anew, isn't it? The one who sleeps has awoken. Big yikes. Yeah. Also, it is at this point I'd like to throw out the very iconic Australian analogy. We didn't come to fuck spiders. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Nope, just to kill him. We also learn that Sartak hasn't come just for her knowledge because he's coming to her now. The dildo has brought him to that edge. Not his hearth mother's edge, no, just his own. Into- okay, we're moving on. Jesus Christ, Ellie. He also asks for her support in sending armies to fight Erewhon. He asks her what she knows and she says she needs to rest because remember, she's very, very old. And then... She will tell them. We learn that Edge is a sacred story keeper. Some might say the three of us are also sacred story keepers. We we are fucked. <laughs> we, mm. we are the most fucked storytellers. Don't yuck someone's yum. We are someone's yum. Okay, a storm is gathering. So they gather around the campfire and tell some stories. We learn that before any men, Faye, the like, were here. The ground opened up as quick as a flash of lightning and the spiders and other animals of darkness crawled out. We get a quote. War waged in the east, the ancient fey realms. Interesting. Three demon kings against a fey queen and her armies. Demons that passed through a door between worlds to conquer our own. We learn that when the war was won, fey came back to this land to teach the people and the rooks how to kill the spiders. Again, we haven't just come here to fuck spiders. So they built watchtowers to watch for if a crack ever appears in the earth again. But they were basically abandoned and now they are littered with traps. Sartak and Nesrin are to travel there to see if they can find any more information and any way to help them win this war. Sounds like a good plan. Again, we Mm. didn't come here to fuck spiders. So Kale and Irene are slowly chipping away at his healing. She's got like a pick and she's chipping away at his kneecaps. (laughs) They go back to the library to find more information and get pointed towards caves in the Sarah. Oasis. Sure. They decide to go out for dinner. 
in the town. It's some more weird vibes because it's like almost a date, but it's not. But Kale explains to Irene that he hasn't been out just as Kale in forever. And neither has she and just as Irene. So they say cheers and we get this little quote. Maybe you and I will have to learn how to live if we survive this war. To being Kale and Irene, even just for a night. Very cute. They then get back to the Torre Renesme and Kale thanks Irene and she thanks him back. And they like brush hands. And it's those like simple little touches that I'm like, it makes me feral. But like Kale says that he feels super light after his time with Irene. He I, he ate like a really healthy salad and he's like, I feel light tonight. Not bloated at all. <laughs> Sartak and Nesrin head for a tower. And when they arrive, Nesrin like takes the lead. And Sartak is a confident man that is securing himself. And he's like, yes, you are a queen. You are, have experience hunting these foes. You take it. And then like she springs a bunch of booby traps and one goes off. Like it pulls a step out from beneath her and she almost falls. But Sartak saves her. And he strokes like her hair as she calms down and like, mm, I love it. <laughs> it's the simple things. It's the silent. It's like the little touches. Mm. It's like the moment. Like, oh, when they finally get to like the bottom of this like staircase, they find a dungeon and they find some blades, which Sartak says like they look like they were likely made in Asterian by the Asterian smiths, like the Asterian horses in Assassin's Blade. So it just seems like that's Asterian. 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 Um, Asteri, if you will. The blade <laughs> is covered in markings, likely spells against enemies, which is super interesting magic swords with markings isn't that they crazy? then find a message written in blood on the ground and it says something like the old fae language and they're like oh my god do you know how to translate i know and then like a voice which again george is running if she hears running in a hallway she's gone i'm gone at this because a voice from above them it says look up but before they Ugh. can think to do anything, it's a fucking spider. It attacks Nezrin and Sartak, and they put up a fight, but they're not doing very well. Nekmin, a wolf, appears, and we're all like, Fenris? It tackles the spider, and they use this time to escape as they run, and they hear a yelp, which, oh... If I heard a dog yelping, I'd oh be like, my I'll sacrifice not, myself. Yeah, my life is worth less than this dog's. Yeah, honestly. pretty much. Pretty much. Then they see the spider follow them out, but it goes up instead of out, which again, confusing, but sure, spiders can go up things. And it's meaning to attack the wolf when it attempted to follow instead of them, which is like, oh shit, okay. So the wolf runs out and then the spider goes like, psych and tries to like jump on it but then kadara is there and she rips the spider apart limb from limb when they go to the wolf it's now changed into its human form it's not fenris it's falcon he's a shapeshifter he's he's struggling he's in struggle town but sartak is like fuck this guy Shapeshifters are like dodgy little assassin and spies. Nezrin is like, boy, you better shape the fuck up. This shapeshifter just saved our lives, sir. Sort yourself out. And he's like, yes, wise woman, I shall. He goes and gets the bandages from Kadara's pack to help Nezrin patch up Falcon. And Falcon is like, you're not afraid of what I am? And she says, one of my friends is a shifter. And Bob's your uncle, what do you know? Uh-huh. I thought Bob Drunk <laughs> was actually part of the quote. I was like, Did I why? <laughs> why is Bob okay. her uncle? <laughs> no, no, it felt like her uncle, but Bob's your uncle. Is her uncle. 
Yeah, so, well, that's why I put it in. Yeah. It took a while to get there, but we got there. We got um, there. When they manage to trudge themselves back to the cave, Sartak is fuming. He speaks with Edge and Vorte comes to Nesrin and is like, yo, what the fuck happened? Nesrin is basically pressured into telling Vorte everything. And Sartak isn't happy, but he follows Nesrin to her rooms and... I'm like, yes, they're going to fuck. But no, he asks her about the word keys. Yeah, um, disappointing. <laughs> very disappointing twist of events. She's Start- like taking her top off and he's just like, what about these no, magic rocks? What are these rocks? <laughs> is it rose quartz? Sartak says that Edge recalled something about them and Nesrin is like, well, now you know why we need your father's armies. It's not like we're just here on a spring holiday. They're apparently flying for like another two towers soon, like as soon as Falcon's healed. So cool. Yeah, and I just realised that you guys are all calling her Edge, and I've been calling her EJ. Why <laughs> <laughs> she's like, some basketball player? So Kale can now move his leg up to his knee. He still can't stand, but progress is great. We're getting there. They are having dinner with the royals, and Hazar is like, "Oh my god, Kale! I bet you're like so excited that Nazrin is back tomorrow." Uh, like you know, trying to be a right fucking cunt. And Kale's like, "Oh my god, Hazar! Haven't you heard? She's staying with Satak for another three weeks." <laughs> Yo, big fat lols. Do you not know? Because you don't know. You're not in the. You don't know this. Bar. You're not in the God, I hate, sorry. I hate her. She just, Hazar, yeah. Hazar, have she, you checked mm, the group chat? Yeah. Hazar? Yeah. Hazar. <laughs> not Hazar. Hazar. <laughs> Hazar. Hazonk. That's what it is. <laughs> Irene is going through an internal battle because she feels bad, because she doesn't want Nestor to return, which is like, eek. Hazar is like, oh, well, I guess you also would know then that Erewhon and Aitlin faced off in Skulls Bay. And Kayla's like, what? Oh, yeah, what do you mean yeah, she was in Skulls Bay? <laughs> the Emperor literally stops eating to listen to what is going on and they learn about Aelin's win at Skulls Bay, but then they also say that she went and burnt all of Ilway's coasts, which we know isn't true. They ask Kale if he can swear on his life, on Irene's life, that Aelin wouldn't seek to attack them and backtrack her oaths. And he doesn't say anything. Kale, and now I'm back to hating him. Fuck. So they also drop the bomb that he and Aelin were canoodling, as it were. And oh dearie me. The dinner turns rather rough while they all argue. Kishin seems to be inclined to agree with Irene and Kale, whereas Hazar and Aragana are like picking fights, which assholes. And also, if I were Irene and hearing like, hmm, you had former relations with someone who was meant to be a queen. Interesting. Interesting. I thought you did not have a past before I existed. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we shall have to remedy this. Plot twist. But- Irene is actually the villain now and she's going to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Irene kills Erewhon to wear his skin and then tries to kill Aelin. Oh, she doesn't have a jealous bone in her body, bless her cotton socks. She's just like, she the socks that she stole from Kyle, she's like, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. I can't, he can't get anywhere because I've got his socks and shoes. I've got his socks anyway, <laughs> so he can't run to her if he tried. Also, if I saw Aelin, I think I would also fuck her too. Even though I'm straight, it would just, it would eventuate. So I fully stand by her decision to not fight with him. That's fine. But. Kale is pissed by the time he leaves the dinner and he keeps thinking that he can't trust Aelin. Now, everyone just strap in while I read you a series of quotes about why we hate Kale. Okay, first of all, he should have lied, should have sworn he trusted Aelin with his life because Hazar had known that if she had asked him to swear upon Irene's life, even if their 36 gods did not care about him, 
he couldn't risk it. Fuck off. Mm. We were all rooting for you. Yeah, some you of had us. a chance to redeem yourself right then and there. I reckon if he had stood up for Aylan there, I would have been more forthcoming to him. Probably. But he fucking didn't. He did not. Okay. Even though she would be, she would. She would never. Like, if they helped Terrison, if they helped Terrison, she would not. No, quite true. He had seen Aylan do terrible things. He still dreamed of her gutting Archer Finn in cold blood still dreamed of what she'd left of Graves' body in that alley, still dreamed of her butchering men like cattle in Rifthold and in Endovia, and knew just how unfeeling and brutal she could turn. Okay, let's fucking unpack that okay. bullshit. Because, mm. Okay. Okay, she's still dreaming of her gutting Archer Finn, okay, the man who orchestrated the murder of her best friend. She still mm. dreamed of what she'd left of Graves' body, the person who killed her best friend and mutilated Brutali- her body. Brutally m- mutilated it. Brutally. She <laughs> dreamed of her butchering men like cattle. I'm sorry, when she was an assassin for Ardalan, she actually was helping people fake their deaths. <laughs> And also, the only time he witnessed her butchering men like cattle was when she went to rescue him after he got kidnapped. And in Endovia, when she was a slave and had a mental breakdown a year after she had lost Sam. This man. This fucking stupid cunt. It's so stupid. Okay, we have more. We have more. Oh, good. Bear with me. Bear with me. Aelin had indeed changed, grown into a queen, was still growing into one. But he knew that there were no restraints, no inner ones, on how far Aelin would go to protect those she loved, protect her kingdom. And if someone stood in her way, barred her from protecting them, no line existed to cross within Aelin in regard to that. No lines. No lines. So now he's saying all of the good parts so of her are what makes her so loyal is what makes her such a liability. And it's like... And honestly, if someone fucking stood between me and my family too, yeah, I'd fucking kill them. And he <laughs> seemed like he wouldn't do this for Dorian. Literally. Yes. The hypocrisy is a bit rife. But hasn't he heard her say, for a better kingdom? For a better yeah. world? Mm. Like, they're he, literally he's saying... The one like, who brought down the glass castle. She was the one that saved a fucking city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dorian was the one that was like, fuck this castle up, I'm destroying it. Kill the people. She saved him twice. Three times. Three times. She saved multiple. So many times. I literally can't in my brain fathom how, like, these people are being like, how do you know that if we said yes, we'll help you and, like, that we can trust that she won't turn around and backstab us? And it's like, Kale's now saying in his head, like, oh, well, she would kill anyone who stood in her way. And it's like, well, they're not standing in her way then, are they? Exactly. They're helping. You could have been saying, actually she is extremely loyal to her allies really goes out of her way to protect people so if you're her ally you will have her at your back yeah exactly and if you're her enemy you will fucking burn Yeah. This man, he essentially blames Aelin for costing them this war. Yeah. And I, I hope he dies. Yeah, look, big backslide. While Kale is still being a little fucking bitch, Cashin picks the lock to his garden door and just like pops in and he's like, hello, what's up? I've got some news. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day, sir. They discuss the info that like Argon, the scheming political brother, forgot to tell Kale at dinner. And that is the fact that a bark ton of fire lances were ordered by Rolf for shit. 
shops, like so many, which is an extremely good like purchase. It's a huge amount of money, really good for their economy. And Kale asks Cashin when his father is going to meet with the trade like people next, and he's like scheming up a plan. I like the way that his mind is working, only in this regard. Though. Only in, in this regard, way. yeah. Of course, a white man is like, I can win people over with money, yeah, money and weapons. Yes, yes. It's the language of the white man. <laughs> it is. It really is. So, Nesrin and Sartak are waiting for the shifter to heal. It's been 10 days, which leaves little time to look through the towers. Her and Sartak are continuing to get closer, which we love. <coughs> and one night over the campfire song, they ask the stories from Adelan. 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 But she offers to sing in it. Stead, and this is literally <laughs> the my moment favorite painting situation. It is. It's like, it do you is. think I'm she sounds to... like a squawking pigeon, I'm or do you think she's fucking <laughs> like all of you? No, she I'm is a beautiful. Me tomorrow, and she's gonna fucking tackle me to the ground. <laughs> oh, this God. is like the dream everyone had growing up where like you watch the movies and the girls like you know just singing and she's actually got this gorgeous voice which has had to hide the whole time and this is that moment and it's okay so much fun. i understand that but there is a time and a place for that moment to occur they've asked for a story and she's like how about a song and <laughs> actually comes out with the spongebob song the ampfir <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh she offered, though. She was like, this is what I can contribute. And they were like, sure, we'll take that deal. So they Imagine agreed to If the she's terms. like, actually, I'm a fantastic interpretive dancer, so <laughs> let me show you the stories. <laughs> but, yes, anyway, she offers to sing. They are like, absolutely, yes, let's hear it. When she begins, Sartak is speechless again from <laughs> absolute well, she's a, No, yeah, he's, she's he's so, so uncomfortable. Talented. And he's, he's so moved. He's like, this is giving me a bad word. This is giving me the um, biggest ick, biggest ick, <laughs> iffy vibes. <laughs> iffy vibes. He picks up like, a braid of a <laughs> He actually just rips out his braid. He's like, iffy. <laughs> Iffy. <laughs> Everything's iffy. really iffy right now. But yes, so Satak is speechless and they hold it's him back and it's a whole fucking mood. <laughs> so this is the quote. She had the sense of Satak going very still, had the sense that there was nothing hard or laughing on his face. But even as the night moved on, as Nesrin sang in that beautiful mountain hall, she felt Satak's stare, different from any he'd given before. And though she told herself she should, Nesrin did not look away. Away. <gasps> uh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Actually, okay, so beautiful to think. But of now, like her just being now. Picture it. It is terrible singing, and the look that he's giving her <laughs> is one of pure awkward, uncomfortable vibes. And she's just maintaining eye contact while singing at him. <laughs> and he's like, "This, this is fucked. I thought you were hot. Everything's changed." She's a great singer and I will fight everyone. Oh like, I will sure. fight everyone who thinks that Feyre can't paint. I will fuck all of you up. I've got Look, a weapon and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> it's just, it's just SJM needs to sprinkle these talents in just in random places. Like, yeah, Feyre decorates her entire artistic, house. She likes people having artistic expressions. Which they acknowledge and show themselves. They have no humility when it comes to it. But you know what? That's fine. Fuck it up. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to think that, you know, they're good at singing, good at painting, but... 
I will also have a chuckle to think of the alternate. It's a funny joke. It's a funny joke, but I will also <laughs> kick off. Anyway. If I mention it around you too many times, you will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, next they're in the area and Nestron spots a rook on his own. His rider died and apparently he can choose another, Aww. but he's just lonely right now. Zach so puts, like, the invite to Nestron to, like, test him out, but she doesn't because she'll have to go back to Ardlin soon and it's not fair on him and it's just really sad. Adopt, don't shop. They travel with Literally. Falcon <laughs> They travel with Falcon and Vorde to like other towers and when they're at the first one they hear Kadara scream. But when they emerge, they find like another clan of like Rukina there and a young man, Vorte's aide, swaggers up to him, them and his name is Yaren. Yeah, ran over and um, said hi. So apparently they also had hatchlings stolen and they realise that it's about the spiders and they're just like, oh, book. Stressful. Rock roll. Sartak takes leadership and he's like, my dudes, do not stress. We've got this. Just like keep the babies safe, you know. I am pro-life. <laughs> Don't kill the babies. <laughs> Jay says, Vorte and Yaren are really like tense and are really like angry at each other. But we discover that they are betrothed and <laughs> I am immediately like, what is yes. this dynamic? Yes. Yes. Interesting. And Interesting. Yes, isn't it? I love it. Right. Well, we won't, we'll get into that a bit later, but for now we're back with Stale Lettuce and he waltzes mm. on in to a meeting with the Emperor and his visors. He doesn't waltz in, he rolls in because remember he's <laughs> he seated. Yeah. He pogoes so- in. <laughs> He does. On his third leg. <laughs> on his third leg, he just bounces on in. He places another order for fire lances during the meeting and uses the trunks of gold he brought into the country to pay for it. Because he's like, if you're not using it, I may as well. It's mm, also like, that yeah. was that was Aelin's, but sure, why not, Cam? Yeah. When in for Rome. reference, Aelin has already purchased a bunch of fire lances in advance. Like, she's she's really just forward thinker isn't she yeah she is she's got so many plans the cargan is pierced and kayla's like well soz but we need your help and the cargan's just not having any of it he's like dude more's coming and y'all will lose and kayla's like don't make the same mistake that i did we don't know what that mistake was i think it's just being a dumb fuck but here we are (laughs) probably like kayla was like if i just ignore this problem it will affect other people and not me actually (laughs) it will take your legs (laughs) actually it will take your legs it's already taken your daughter but it could come for more as well but the cargan is like mate you can't tell me what to do so i suck my ass and kale's like i don't do that that's gross but then we do that to dorian kale (laughs) he's trying to stand up he's like i'm gonna show you how serious i am by standing and yet he can't because his legs still do not work so then (laughs) He gets dragged on out of there by the guards in his chair and he's he's humiliated. He's upset. He's angry at his legs. It's not a great time. <laughs> he goes back to his room and Irene is like, no time for sulking, boys. Stand the fuck up. Kale can't. He's angry. Irene's angry. And they start fighting. Fighting about how they feel. Like those feelings that neither of them has dared to even think about. Now is the time to argue about them. Yep. Kale is like slamming her with shit. She's slamming him right back. Until we get this moment. Yet you were assigned to me because your healer on high saw otherwise, saw that no matter how high you climbed in that tower, you're still that girl in Fenharrow. A laugh came out of him, icy and bitter. I knew another woman who lost as much as you, and do you know what she did with it, that loss? He could barely stop the words from pouring out, could barely think over the roar in his head. 
She hunted down the people responsible for it and obliterated them. What the hell have you bothered to do these years? Hypocrite. <gasps> so all of a sudden he's proud Hypocrite. of Aylan killing people. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. No. And then we get this other quote. Ail felt the words hit their mark, felt the stillness shudder through her body right as he pushed up right, is his weight adjusted and knees bent and he found himself standing too far. He'd gone too far. He'd never once believed those things, even thought them, not about Irene. Yeah, well, mate, words hurt. These are the consequences of your actions, my dude. Irene is not okay. She's like, fuck you. And she goes to leave just as Kale takes a step towards her. Screaming. I'm also like, sit the fuck down, sir. You've 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 done and fucked up now. Yeah. But anyway, she stumbles forward to meet him. But when he apologizes, she's like, I don't know if I believe you. You said some pretty hurtful shit. And keeps moving away from him as he keeps moving toward her. We get a quote. He didn't understand shocking how she could be so <laughs> delicate, so small, when she had overturned his life entirely, worked miracles with those hands and that soul, this woman who had crossed mountains and seas. And it's like you said the opposite to her face, but sure, why not? It's still he beautiful. Soon- He soon realises that she's purposely making him walk towards her and he walks and walks until she's up against the wall. And then he braces his hands. (laughs) Irene just queefs silently. She's like, (laughs) sorry, excuse excuse me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) sorry, I got a bit excited. (laughs) He braces his hands on the wall behind her and kisses her, which I'm sort of like, I hate you still, but okay, sure, why not? I, I can... Get I love it. So they mm-hmm. kiss. We get a quote. It was like waking up or being born or fall. I hate <laughs> it when people say it like being born. You don't remember. You're an infant. But sure. <laughs> You're an infant. <laughs> You're an infant. You're an unaborted. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it was like waking up or being born or falling out of the sky. It was an answer and a song, and she could not think or feel fast enough. Okay, this is quite nice. I'm happy for her. I still do not like him, but... Yeah. After they've had their make-out session, we get this interaction between them. What do we now? Irene asked quietly. For she didn't know how to go back. Kale didn't reply. He just stretched out one leg wholly in front of him, then the other. Did it again, marvelling. We don't Then the back. other, because there's three, remember? <laughs> than the other, the third one, the biggest of them all. (laughs) Then he says, we don't look back, he said, meeting her stare. It helps no one and nothing to look back. The way he said it, it seemed as if it meant something more, to him at least. But Kale's smile grew, his eyes lighting as he added, we can only go on. He's just quoting fucking Aelin. Yeah. Like it's The woman he cannot trust. But he's like, you know what, she is quite motivational. Yeah, she should be a speaker at some point. Oh. Irene has been going into his spine injury. She's been going into his asshole. <laughs> like through him. the asshole into the spine. <laughs> exactly like that. And she's been fighting that magic multiple times a day. She's just she's in his ass fighting the poos that are trying to come out. She's like, wah, 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 She's wah, like, you've wah. got to get some more fibre in your diet for fuck's sake. Fuck's sake. I recommend She's... dried apricots. <laughs> I discovered that today with my child. Laxative effect. Go for it. Wowzers. Wowzers. <laughs> 
Wow. 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 So she's also joining him at the trainings as well. And he's walking with a cane, which is awesome. She gets real like hot and bothered watching him train one morning and they walk back to his rooms and she literally pulls him into a supply closet or like the equivalent of a supply closet and makes out with him. And then she does this thing that I don't like, which is she licks the sweat from his neck. You dirty fucking bitch, I mean. She a surprise. Well, yeah. But also, this happened in Crown of Midnight when Aiden and Kale were dating. They would go and fondle each other in a supply closet. There's mm. a lot of repetition. He only knows one uh, game and that's it. <laughs> He's got, mm. I've got a specific set of moves and once we don't dramatically break up because I was somehow involved in the death of your best friend, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll impregnate you, that's what. Yep. And you can't leave me. Ah. <laughs> Absolutely. But they almost get caught and Irene is like super scared. She's like, oh my God. But she keeps working on the injury and Kale thinks that if this is all he will be able to do, then he will still fight. He'll still fight in the battle if he can only go on the cane because he'll do it for Irene. And that's oh, what But also, wants. she let you fucking walk again and he's like, well, I guess I'll accept it if this is the best I could be. <laughs> be grateful, yeah. sir. You're lucky Literally. you're even fucking standing. We could have taken your legs and sold them on the black market. <laughs> we could have. We, we could have all three. bargain for those legs. We, we fucking were. were. We were and using them as weapons at one stage as well. <laughs> we, we were. were. We were. We've stolen his shoes. We're going to use the legs as weapons. <laughs> Fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> one night they're going to dinner and Irene is extra like jumpy. She's all over the shop. And she apparently spoke with Hazar about going to the Oasis in the desert and she is going to throw Irene a birthday party there. Kayla and Irene can do some investigation on the Vaug the vag while we're there so that's good kale is invited of course and kale's like well i'm gonna have to figure out a better present than a desert retreat and irene simply responds with i have everything i need oh bless her but always ask for diamonds (laughs) what's the worst that could happen Lesser, but no. <laughs> Sweet, but my love language is, Yeah, I mean, my love language is gifts, so I'm okay. so wrong. We're in Nezrin's point of view now, and they're planning on travelling to the other tower. Vorte can't come because she is the heir of their clan. So she's like, well, if I can't go, then Sartak shouldn't go because he's one of the heirs of to the, to the Kargan. And Sartak is like, get yeah, royally fucked because he's a royal and he can say that. <laughs> While they fly to the tower, Falcon is a little baby mouse in Nezrin's pocket. Baby mouse. There's a little baby mouse and he's he's having a snooze while Nezrin starts asking about if he would truly give up the crown if it meant being denied the chance to fight in wars. And Sartak says yes. And it's like, oh, a man willing to make sacrifices. Adore. We then learn details Adore. of a door. A I thought you were door. just being like a door, like like a physical door. Like, and I was oh, like, why? hold, hold I was the like, door. Why is he a door? I don't, I don't get it. But no, you're like, a door. A door. Yeah, a door. Yeah, a door. Okay, we learn details of Vorte's mother's death and how Sartak had to carry her body back from their visit to another clan. Very sad. Yeah, look, we're just going to move past that because we don't have time for trauma. Trauma's coming. We learn of Vorte's betrothal and how her and Yaren are at each other's throats. They participate in these games called the Gathering, and Vorte always wins. But at the last games, Yaren visited Vorte before the games, and then when she won, 
son, Huron's father, stepped forward and announced their betrothal, which is a bit odd because apparently Vorte had never refuted the betrothal, but was also shocked when it was announced. And it's like, not cool. Not cool. Consent is key. Consent is key. That's it. Nestron and Satak and Mr. Mousy arrived to the tower. Mr. Mousy. It's covered. It's covered. Now for Fully known as Mr. Mousy. It's covered in sky. It's it's covered in spiderwebs. <laughs> it's covered in spiderwebs, which is a huge fuck off. Yikes! They circle high above for some time, just checking out the terrain. You know, making sure it's uh, doable. And Nezra Star notices Jack is super Ka- doable. <laughs> so yeah. Nezra notices like Kadara keeps looking at the cer- certain mountain peaks nearby and Nesrin tells Kadara to circle it but keep her distance and so Tak doesn't even have to give the order Kadara already does it Kadara's like okay mummy yeah okay mummy I'll do it <laughs> that's when they see a little birdie a little hatchling <laughs> I just blocked out this whole scene and now I'm just like oh no it's <laughs> here it is it yeah. just is waddling around screaming for its mum and they try to get him to so save fun. the hatch but when Kadara gets close and tries to get back out of the mountain peaks, she's trapped in a huge fucking spider web. Yes. It was a trap, obviously. It was a trap. It was, indeed. It was a trap. It was a trap. They fall. Sartak curls his body around Nesrin's to take the full force of the impact. Oh my god, he could take the full force of my impact, or I could take the full force <laughs> of his impact. I don't know. We'll make it work. The logistics. Someone are take my. I will Someone take, take my impact. impact. I will take. <laughs> I will take everyone's impact. Okay then. When they land, Nesrin cuts the cords of the saddle from them, and Sartak is okay. Thank God, I needed him to be okay. And Kadara, like, unfortunately, is not doing well, and the hatchling gone like it was thrown away towards these like cave mouths he got yeeted <laughs> got yeeted it's about to get yeeted as well Sartak oh. runs to Kadara and Nestron's like I'll go get the hatchling and goes oh. to get it when a fucking spider pincer just stabs the hatchling and yeets it just yeah. look fucks it I feel and like it was unnecessary for the death of a like, baby oh. bird <laughs> Wow. Like, it's like squawking for help and then boom, dead. Boom. Um, Nessa in fight is like, well, that is fucked. So she's like firing her arrows and kills the spider. Zartak is trying to like get Kadara to go because she's she, if she stays there, she's too big for the space. She's severely injured and like Falcon's magic isn't strong enough to change into a rook. Nessa in like just keeps firing arrows because a fucking swarm of these giant spiders is emerging. Kadara manages to get herself up, but she can't carry riders. So Nestrin and Sartak run. And that's where we're going to leave part two. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. How did, how did we get here? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Where That's what Nestrin sings. That's what she sings at the campfire. Come and get the campfire. But it's like a really slow, like, cover, like an emotional yeah. cover of God, I Can't fucking cope. Oh, so, God. Tune in next week for part three of Tower of Dawn. And then after that, we are diving into Kingdom of Ash, which is probably going to be our last book for the year that we're covering on the podcast. It's also going to be probably like, it's probably going to be like eight parts. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Likely. how are we going to split this? Likely we'll We've be. We've got no fucking idea. Or it's Every- going to be like 
very long episodes. Everything is important and everything must be discussed. Exactly. There's nothing you can cut away. No, nothing at all. In the meantime, obviously next week we will wrap up Tower of Dawn. You'll get our music references and our fan art. In the meantime, please remember to like, follow and subscribe. Please rate us wherever you listen. We're available on Spotify and YouTube. Please find us on Instagram and TikTok. Anything else, guys? Try not to die by giant fuck-off spiders. Yeah, try not to be impaled by a spider. Keep your baby hatchlings close. Wow, we ended (laughs) on a surprisingly pro-life message. (laughs) Yeah, okay, weird. Also, just no, kill the babies. Don't want that responsibility. (laughs) Just get rid of it. It's fine. Kill the babies. Fuck it up. Okay, that sounds more like us. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.